Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 actors born before 1900 in today's episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. It's time to restart uh, the Decades Born Actors list. And, uh, you know, it's been, I guess, a little over a year since I did the last one of these. If I did, um, well, I guess it would have been March of 2018 when I did this pre-1900s episode last time. And uh, on the one hand, a lot has changed. And on the other hand, not a lot has changed. Uh, This is uh, back when I believe at the time I did these that I had already shifted into my current version of... um, of, of how I keep track of the score so that had already happened so that makes the comparison a little bit easier and uh, yeah so I'm looking at the list here and I think there's five people on the list this time around that were on the list two years ago and or maybe more actually as I'm peering through all of the names but suffice to say, uh, I'll, I'll kind of get into that. If you remember the last time I did this, uh, back in 2018, there was exactly one person on the pre-1900s top 10 list that I would consider a recognizable name, which would have been, which was Buster Keaton. And everyone else was one, a variation of an uh, extra, basically. Uh, in whatever roles that they did end up getting. And that's fairly true again this time around, so there's not a ton to talk about. It's more of a, for me, statistical uh, aspect, the statistical perspective on on what's happening here. So maybe that doesn't interest you as much as it would if, you know, as as we get later on into the years and the names become more recognizable, but... um, I, I still enjoy it, and uh, it does help flesh out 12 total uh, different top 10 lists, and, and that's that's a very nice thing. So, we're going to start with number 10, as uh, all good top 10 lists should start with. Uh, this person was previously ranked 10th, and so has made no change whatsoever in terms of their position on this list but has had some changes in other places. So, born September 6th, 1893, passing away February 5th, 1965, at the age of 71, from Missouri. 18 film credits to their name, an average film rating of 68.28, a value of 9.5, and a score of 70.95, ranked 52nd overall, is Irving Bacon. So he was ranked 10th two years ago with 11 films. So I've seen seven films that he's been in in the last two years. His average film rating has dropped about six and a half points. His value has dropped half a point. And uh, his score is down a little under, a little more than about two and a half points. Uh, And yet, 
all those negatives and he's gone from being 91st overall two years ago to 52nd overall now and this is a trend i've been noticing quite a bit lately uh, and especially as you know the 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 bulk of the top 50 uh, once upon a time or a couple of years ago i suppose used to be like six, 76 plus was the score that those people had you know to get to the top 50 you needed 76 points in your score now you only need well about 71 points and and it's mostly because and i, I kind of talked about this on the last top 10 actor list i did which was these people and all these extra these all the all these extra actors that are on my list on my spreadsheet are really highly rated right now because all the older movies I'm watching are generally good because they're old movies and I'm familiar with them and like that's why I'm seeking them out and the longer that goes the less the, the more the ch more chance the higher the chance that I start seeing worse movies from the old days the greater the chance that I do start seeing the crappy you know, the shouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar, the, you know, why would so-and-so have been in this movie type of stuff that we see all the time nowadays. Uh, you know, I, when I'm watching 400 films from 2019, a lot of them are going to be really, really awful. But I've only seen, you know, if you look, if I'm looking back in like the 1930s, you know, an average of 30 to 45 films from each of these years back then. And so, so the likelihood of the the ratio of good to bad films is so much higher back then and that's so so now as i'm saying you know as as these movies start to become less standout great amazing films almost every time and become oh a range of good to bad everybody's score is dropping everybody's score not just old but even new i think it's it's happening as well a lot of the still living, still acting actors, the ones that are very familiar, the ones that you recognize, are also slowly dropping down this list in terms of score. And maybe that doesn't drop them down the list in their rank, but it, it definitely you know creates this very wide separation at the tip top of the list, uh, which you know it used to be a little more. Uh, compressed and it's widening ever so ever so slightly and, and chipping away and eroding over time so Irving Bacon number 10 uh, all, almost all of his statistics have dropped and yet his rank has almost been halved uh, jumping up higher and Bacon has been in hundreds and hundreds of films you know his his I letterboxed page gives him 300 credits uh his bio says he's been in almost 500 so there's so many I've only seen 18 and I've got a, I've got a long long way to go some of the films of his I haven't seen that I uh, are very popular according to letterboxd include I am a fugitive from a chain gang Frank Borzage's Moonrise The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer Topper Lady for a Day since you went away and they died with their boots on and a couple of those i'm familiar with i'm I, a couple of those i know i've mentioned in previous episodes like this so uh ones that I, i'm sure i'll be checking out at some point 
some of them, if, hopefully, before the next time I do this list. And um, Irving Bacon. He's an extra. Character actor extra. So, he was number 10 two years ago, and he is still number 10. All right, moving on to number nine. This is somebody who was not on the list uh, two years ago. Born October 11th, 1892 in Australia, passing away December 30th, 1980 at the age of 88, with 27 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 64.41, a value of 11.5, a score of 71.47 to be ranked 50th overall. He is the gatekeeper for the top 50 at the present time. Uh, is Frank Baker. Frank Baker, not on the list two years ago. Uh, his name has been on the spreadsheet for a while. He's been in a lot of these great films, Mary Poppins, All About Eve, The Graduate, My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music, uh, East of Eden, and so on. But um, looking, I'm looking at some of the films that he's been in that I've seen more recently. Inherit the Wind, which I like. Torn Curtain is fine. Uh think of Human Bondage as a more recent one. The Charge of the Light Brigade, I think I know I've seen in the last two years, is, is solid. Uh, Dressed to Kill is okay. Uh, a handful of Bulldog Drummond films, uh, which are fine-ish. Uh, but Frank Baker, uh, unlike some of the other actors on this list, not in two to three hundred films. Um, he only has... 54 film credits listed on Letterboxd. And I'm going to see if that seems to kind of pale in comparison to his number on IMDb. And it does. He's got 177 film credits on IMDb, uh, which means there's possibly a chance that there's movies on this list, uh, that there's movies I've seen him in that he doesn't have credit for in my spreadsheet. Uh, which I try to check every everybody before I do this, especially when I'm dealing with these old actors. And a couple of them I did have to adjust uh, because I was missing, you know, a couple of films. Uh, but a cursory glance doesn't. Nothing jumps out to me at a cursory glance. So we're gonna stick with where we're at for the moment. Uh, Frank Baker is kind of a military guy, and uh, there's a there's a sense, you know, as I go through some of these actors. I, uh, especially the, the highest-ranked actor on this top ten list, they play a, a certain thing. They don't often deviate from a particular type of character. And Frank Baker, much more of a military uh, authority figure uh, in, in just his presentation and just the way he looks and conducts himself. So, you know, any any movie that has some kind of, uh, you know, position of authority like for example the informer or judgment at nuremberg the man who knew too much the man who shot liberty valance uh they all have those you know kind of background invisible roles which a guy like frank baker can easily step into so frank baker is my number nine born in the night in the 1800s uh number 50 overall which Brings us to number eight. This is another new person added to the spreadsheet. If you listened to the earlier episode from this month of the top 10 January born actors, this person was on that list, having debuted on the spreadsheet at that time. And uh, let me see, 
because I can use that as a gauge to see how much has changed. Um, so I don't know have the exact date of when I recorded, but at the time, uh, well, let me let me go into the stats now. So born January eleventh, eighteen seventy seven, in Australia, passing away October twenty second, nineteen sixty nine, at the age of ninety two. 31 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 63.52, a value of 12.5, and a score of 72.17 to be ranked 42nd overall is Sam Harris. Now, Sam Harris was ranked 5th overall just a couple of weeks ago. He has tumbled quite a bit uh, with the addition of 9 films uh, and since, since then that I've seen him in. Uh, a couple of them are films that he... Had I had already seen that he just hadn't been logged because they were available. They showed him in them on IMDb, but he wasn't in them on Letterboxd, and so I had to do a little finagling in that sense. But uh, his average film rating has dropped from like a high 70 score to a 63 and a half. His value drops from 17 to 12 and a half, and uh, his score went down a little over nine points. So still high, still a top 50 actor based on the filmography still you know still very much someone who you know has earned his spot on these lists and i fully expect to see him the next time i do the january born actors list he's just you know these people they're in so many movies there's so many movies it's hard to avoid but definitely has fallen a little bit back to earth in in the last couple of weeks so uh sam harris some of the films of his i haven't seen yet uh, include The Killers, The Roaring Twenties, Queen Christina, Dance Girl Dance, The Kane Mutiny, and This Gun for Hire, among others. On Letterboxd, he only has 116 credits listed, and I know that there are another 50 to 100 credits listed on IMDb. So, plenty of things to watch uh, featuring Sam Harris, and I know that they're going to happen one way or another. So, number eight, born in the 1800s, number 42 overall, Sam Harris, falling from his very coveted spot in the January-born top 10 list. Number seven, is somebody who was on the list before previously ranked third has dropped to seventh uh, two years later. Born December 4th, 1888, passing away December 2nd, 1968, at the age of 79, from Ireland. 40 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 61.98, a value of 14, and a score of 73.02 to be ranked 35th. Overall is Colin Kenny. Colin Kenny, kind of a Western-looking guy, you know, fits into movies. Uh, like the adventures of Robin Hood, like To Kill a Mockingbird, and Foreign Correspondent, uh, Mrs. Miniver, you know, he's got, he's he's not quite as refined looking, at least not in this picture, as, say, Frank Baker, but definitely finds a spot in, in these movies to, to really be a, sort of a, I want to call him like a scoundrel, but not without, not with like the sort of dastardly connotations that accompany scoundrel. So I mentioned he was third a couple of years ago. At the time, I'd seen him in 27 films, so we've added 13 to that total in the last two years. 
His average film rating at the time was 66. It has dropped to about 62. His value was 15 and a half. It's now 14. And his score was 77 or so. And it's now 73. So he dropped a bit. But at the time, he was ranked 44th overall. He is now ranked 35th. So dropping his score, but increasing his overall overall position. I think that's going to be a trend. I... I don't know, Colin Kenny has a very, very nice face for for a kind of, I don't know, tavern owner, pub owner, bartender sort of a guy. And uh, there's a lot of call for those. A lot of call for those. Some of the films uh, I've seen, I haven't seen that he's been in include James Cagney's White Heat, Ministry of Fear, Compulsion, the Spencer Tracy version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the Invisible Man Returns, The Sea Hawk, A Christmas Carol from 1938, and Reign of Terror. Uh, he's got just shy of 100 films on Letterboxd, but I'm sure more on IMDb. North by Northwest, All About Eve, My Fair Lady, Sweet Smell of Success. He's been in some great ones, and uh, that's why he's as high as he is. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's Colin Kenny, number seven born in the 1800s number or yeah number 35 overall number six is the previous only uh or is rather the only famous name that you might have recognized from last two years ago's list presumably born october 4th 1895 in kansas passing away february 1st 1966 at the age of 70 12 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 72.92, a value of 11, and a score of 73.5 to be ranked 33rd overall is Buster Keaton. Two years ago, he was 5th in the 1800s. Now he's fallen one spot to 6th. At the time, I'd seen him in 9 films, up to 12 now. He had an average film rating of just shy of 80. It's dropped to about 73. He had a value of 11, which has remained the same and his score has fallen about three points. Uh, he was 49th overall. He's now 33rd overall. So not much to complain about in that regard. Uh, Buster Keaton, one of the greatest silent era comedians of all time. I'm trying to think, what did I see? What have I seen in the time since then? Uh, pretty sure I saw hmm, The Navigator. Uh, the Electric House, perhaps. Daydreams, for sure, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, but I think it's okay. <clears throat> uh, but nothing... Nothing too significant, does not seem. Backstage. Backstage as well. Backstage and Daydreams are definitely two I've seen him in in the time since. Um... But all his good stuff, all the stuff that I like, you know, you've got, you've got your The Navigator, you've got your One Week, your Sherlock Jr. I think he's so good in those movies. He has such a good, such a great eye for uh, these these sorts of comedic and physical comedy situations, and he, he's, I don't know, I hate I hate pitting him against Charlie Chaplin. I prefer Chaplin to Keaton, but 
you know, at their when they're both at their height, at the height of their powers, I think, you know, it, it, it's a coin flip. Um, but I guess the consideration there would be, I think, Charlie Chaplin hits that peak more often than Buster Keaton does. And so, you know, I, I again, I, I think he's great in, in a lot of these big movies that he's been in, a lot of the ones that a lot of, that people recognize. And there's still some more that I need to see, including The Cameraman, Our Hospitality, Seven Chances, uh, Cops, The Goat, College, The Scarecrow, etc., etc., etc. He's got 150 film credits on Letterboxd. I've only seen, you know, like 8% of that, and possibly even more if you look on IMDb. And so, Buster Keaton, uh, one of the silent greats. And I uh, don't, and and like Charlie Chaplin, had difficulty making the transition into the talkies, uh, you know. But that's that's what happens, you know, when when a media form a form of media makes such a huge change in in the technology that is used to create it. So Buster Keaton, number six, born in the eighteen hundreds, number. 33 overall. Top five. And here is a name, was not on the list two years ago, but definitely a name that everybody listening to this should know. And that is somebody born December 25th, 1899, barely sneaking under the wire here for consideration in New York passing away January 14th, 1957, at the age of 57. 25 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 66.16. Two Oscar nominations that I've seen and one win, a value of 14, a score of 75.26 to be ranked 27th overall, and that is Mr. Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, Mr. Humphrey DeForest Bogart graces us with his appearance on this list uh pairing with buster keaton as the what i presume will be the only two people that uh, have recognizable names to the average person on the top 10 humphrey bogart casablanca the maltese falcon the treasure of the sierra madre in a lonely place the african queen the big sleep some incredible films he had a way with uh mystery noir thrillers uh, in the past couple of years, I've seen him in Key Largo. I've seen The Big Sleep. I've seen uh, what else? What else? What else? The Harder They Fall, which wasn't that good. Um, I think it's in a lonely place. Uh, you know that I saw recently and was one of my favorite films of 2019 that I saw for the first time. Uh, that was released prior to that. So a couple extra films from Bogart gets him into this list. It does not hurt that everyone else keeps dropping down. And so by staying, if you're, you know, if you're able to tread water, you will move up is, is kind of what's happening. And uh, 27th overall is a great position to be in. Uh, it would have put him in second place if, I, if he was in that spot two years ago. But he's only in fifth with that strong of a resume this time around. I'm a big fan of Bogart. I think he gets I think he gets exactly as much uh, 
respect and legacy and and talked about as he deserves you know i think he i i think he he feels like a james stewart to me he's somebody who plays a type he's very very good at the type that he plays and uh, he deserved you know a couple of accolades for playing that type as well as he did james stewart plays a type deserves a couple of accolades for it and uh i guess the difference is that i think stewart gets a lot more hate and is pointed out a lot more often for being somebody who is that way and i think it's kind of either just glossed over or accepted or known for bogart more so uh which is fine i guess it's it's fine um you know he he just he's got a way of chewing dialogue that you know is like none other and uh yeah the american film institute i don't know when this happened but ranked him as the greatest male star in the history of american cinema i don't know about that but he's certainly in the conversation you know, I could, I would not deny him being in that conversation. So, Humphrey Bogart, number five, born in the 1800s, number 27 overall. Which brings us to number four, another new name. Maybe there's more new names on this list than I thought there were. Uh, somebody who I, as of, you know, an hour ago or so, I had thought I'd only seen them in six films. That's what you would I see when I look at Letterboxd. Currently, six out of 21. And I was like, well, this is kind of low. And I hadn't really considered it before this. And I went to their IMDb, and lo and behold, I've seen them in 13 films. At least. Uh, so that changed things. Uh, I think this person was actually ranked in like the seventh or eighth range with the six films, but... When you add it up, push them up to fourth, just ahead of old bogey. Born October 18th, 1879, passing uh, from from Washington, D.C., passing away November 22nd, 1974, at the age of 95. 13 films that I've seen, an average film rating of 73.92, a value of 12.5, a score of 76.57 to be ranked 20th overall is Brandon Beach. Fun fact about Brandon Beach, in the ranking of top actors on my spreadsheet, he is the second highest ranked actor that has received, that has been in zero films rated below a score of 50. Uh, the highest is number one, Tatsuya Nakadai, who has been there for a long time. And uh, everyone between the two of them, so everyone from rank spots 2 to 19, has at least a film ranked below 50. And all of them actually have at least two films ranked below 50. So Brandon Beach, living a very uh, privileged lifestyle on the spreadsheet. And it's, it's a blessing and a curse because it makes it that easier. It means he can rise that much higher with that many fewer films. You know, you're looking at... Humphrey Bogart, 25 films, 27th overall. Brandon Beach, 13 films. That is a drastically small number. And uh, he's able to do that because he has no bad ones. On the other hand, it's a curse because one bad film is going to tumble him a lot further than it would, say, uh, you know, 
Colin Kenny, who's got 40 films to his name already. So, you know, he's got to avoid that. But I think at fourth uh, for the top 10 list, he's got a little bit of a cushion to play with in that sense. Uh, he was not on the list prior, and he's making his debut this time around. Uh, like I said, 21 film credits on Letterboxd is all he's given. And on IMDb, he's got 124. You know, it just... It's a shame. I wish there was a way to easily import all of these people from their IMDb credits into the themoviedatabase.com, which is where Letterboxd pulls its information from. It would, I do it myself manually, and it's... I feel like I have a great, a good grasp on the people I'm looking for, the people who are already on my spreadsheet, but there's so many, like Sam Harris, for example, there's so many people who I'm sure I've seen in 20 to 30 films that aren't on my spreadsheet because they may only have like three or four film credits according to Letterboxd. And at that, you know, that's not enough for me to warrant them if they're not a main actor or not someone I know is going to be in 100 films. And I can't, I can't do it all myself basically so for that you know suffice to say brandon beach uh, is i think the one of them the most precarious person on this list for the fact that he has been in so few so many so few films but nevertheless he's ranked fourth uh for people born in the 1800s and 20th overall at this current time uh so the top three I believe, oh no, only two. So only two of the top three were on the list prior. Number three was on the list before, uh, maybe having had the biggest leap from in total film scene between then and now, uh, but that will be contended with our number one. Born November 23rd, 1898 in Texas, passing away July 28th, 1984 at the age of 85, 92 film credits to her name, an average film rating of 59.67, a value of 18.5, and a score of 76.9. To be ranked 18th overall is Miss Bess Flowers. A lot of things to talk about with Bess Flowers. Uh, 92 film credits, that is the third highest total on my spreadsheet coming in behind voice at performers Frank Welker at 111 and Mel Blanc at 198. Uh, at 59.67 average film rating, she is the highest ranked person to not have an average film rank of at least 60, and the next person to have one when scrolling down is not until ranked, not until Matt Damon currently ranked 86th. So uh, her value is really helping her out quite a bit. Uh, she's also 18th overall, despite having 24 films rated between 25 and 49 and 28 films rated below a 50. That puts her third overall in um, films ranked between 25 and 49 behind the aforementioned Frank Welker and Mel Blanc, uh, which is just a huge hurdle to get over. That's a negative 24 to her value from those films alone and negative 32 uh, when you include all of her films right below 50 which comparatively means that her positive films are giving her that many more points to overcome that that 
problem. Two years ago, she was ranked first on this list with just 60 films seen. So I've seen 32 films that she's been in in the last two years. Her average film rating has dropped from about a 65 to about a 59 and two-thirds. Her value under the same system has dropped from 28.5 to 18.5. She lost 10 points. Uh, the highest value on the spreadsheet is currently 24. So she was well above that. Uh, her score at the time was 91.37, which would still be good enough for second overall at this point. That has dropped almost 15 points. And uh, she was second overall. Now she's 18th. So Best Flowers is the opposite of Brandon Beach. She has been in so many films that it would take a monumental collapse in what she's been in for her to fall out of this top 10 list. I think in the last couple of weeks, uh, as I've watched films for other people, she just happens to be in a lot of them, she's dropped, she, she's lost like 15 spots on this, or maybe like 10 spots on the spreadsheet. And, you know, the same person uh, adding those films to their statistics would have dropped them completely out of this top 10, probably out of the top 100 on my spreadsheet. And it's just, it's the resilience, right? It's 17 films rated in the 60s, 15 films in the 70s, uh, 10 films in the 80s, uh, and six films rated in the 90s. She's been in the second most 60 to 69 rated films, the most 70 to 79 rated films, um, the fourth most 80s rated films, and 10th uh, uh, most 90s rated films. So it, it just, it just, that's just how, you know, it, contrary to someone like Samuel L. Jackson, who's also been in 90 films, who's also, who's been in nine films rated between 90 and 99 and, you know, double digit figures for 70s and 60s, he has way more films rated in the 0 to 24 range than Best Flowers does. And that is why he does not come anywhere close to the top 100 at this point. And uh, she does. In fact, she lives in it. She's never been outside of the top 100. I don't think she's ever been outside of the top 20, but is actually in danger of hitting that point now. So that's um, you know, that's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on uh, in the future to see if she can, you know, kind of climb back, or if the kind of overwhelming number of films that she's already been in, and and the likelihood that more of them are going to be worse than bad than good uh, will continue to pull her down uh, which would upset me but I mean that's that's the spreadsheet so uh, two years later 32 films later she has dropped from first to third overall uh, or first to third on the top 10 actors born in the 1800s list and from second to 18th overall which is best flowers so number two Number two on this list is a new person, new on the list. Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure they were on the list, or they're on the spreadsheet two years ago, maybe with just a significantly smaller number of films than I'd seen them in. Uh, I think uh, this person is one of those where I looked at IMDb and I'm like, oh wait, I've seen them in, you know, a dozen other movies than what I've got logged. Um, so 
Born May 31st, 1894 in California, passing away July 18th, 1972 at the age of 78. 35 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 65.71, a value of 15.5, a score of 77.66 to be ranked 16th overall is Harold Miller. Another one of these character actors. Um, Harold Miller has 150 film credits on Letterboxd. I've seen about a quarter of his films. And he's been in some, some of the great ones. You know, he's he was with Bogart and In a Lonely Place. He was with, you know, Funny Face and The Lady Eve and Sunset Boulevard, All About Eve, Dial M for Murder, Judgment at Nuremberg, The Children's Hour, The Bandwagon, A Place in the Sun, and, and so on and so forth. Monsieur Verdoux, which I recently watched, uh, is really good. He was in that. Uh, DOA, which I kind of liked uh he was in that which i watched recently uh scrolling down here i walk alone is solid he was in that the last hurrah is good he was in that uh dun, 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 dun. pretty sure i've seen i saw high diddle diddle recently and that was just fine but yeah he's got a lot a lot of movies He's good in them, I guess, and uh, they're good, rather. Harold Miller, again, an extra, not really somebody that you're going to recognize in your movies at all. He's His picture on Letterboxd is fairly young-looking, as opposed to Frank Baker, as opposed to... Um, who's the other person? Colin Kenny. Uh, you know, he looks like he's got this, you know, the, the, the wide hat with a lot of space underneath it on with the slight brim. And he looks like the kind of guy who would be playing um, like a gangster or a mobster type of a role. But on the other side, you know, he's got some fierce eyebrows. He's got a very boyish, smooth skinned face, uh, which probably means he could play younger than he was. So, you know, he might've been at a club, patron dancing and so on and so forth. So Harold Miller, some of the films of his I haven't seen. Days of Wine and Roses, The Narrow Margin, Caught, Advise and Consent, The Fountainhead, Tea and Sympathy, Don't Bother to Knock, Imitation of Life, Body and Soul, and Another Thin Man. Uh, Thin Man movies are pretty good. They're pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed. I, it's not easy to jump this high up the list, especially in this top 10 list when you've got people who lived in the top 50 for so long like best flowers like our number one to come and uh harold miller rose to the occasion you know I'll, I'll get to it but here are some of the people that he knocked off of the list included hb warner who was very highly rated at the time frank mcclure who's still very high but didn't quite make it this time burt morehouse gino carrado porter hall all of them are still fairly high on the spreadsheet and yet could not hold on because of all these you know, new young bloods, as it were, taking their spots. So, second, born in the 1800s, and 16th overall is Harold Miller. 
Which brings us to our number one. He was ranked second on this list two years ago. And a lot, a lot has changed. So, born July 19th, 1891 in Australia, passing away April 18th, 1981 at the age of 89, 50 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 64.74, a value of 24, and a score of 86.25 to be ranked second overall is William H. O'Brien. Two years ago, William H. O'Brien was ranked second in this list, had 17 film credits to his name, and now he's got 50. So he beats Best Flowers by one film. Uh, He adds 33, she added 32. He had an average film rating of 71.53. It is now 64.74, so that has dropped a little bit, about seven points. His value at the time was 14.5. It is now 24, which is not only a huge increase, but is the highest value on the spreadsheet. Anybody. His score was a 78.5. Now it is an 86 and a quarter. At the time, he was ranked 34th overall. Uh, 78.5 by, by today's standards gets you to 13th overall. And uh, at 60, 86 and a quarter, he's now second overall just behind Tatsuya Nakadai. And it's been a really interesting journey for William H. O'Brien in the last couple of weeks because on the one hand, I've been watching a lot of films from a lot of older films that these people have been in, these extras, these character actors, and he started to slip. I think at one point he had dropped all the way down to eighth overall. And then, as I am wont to do, I went into his IMDb. I looked for films of his... Uh, you know, I was trying to compare his letterbox to his IMDb in my spreadsheet and get them all to be on the same page. So, added a couple of films from Letterbox that I didn't have. Uh, added, you know, rated the films on on IMDb so I could tell what I had seen, uh, and then went through uh, and added, you know, what was on my spreadsheet to the ratings on IMDb. Then checked the ratings on IMDb and said, okay, well, there's like four extra films on my IMDb that aren't on Letterbox, so I added those. And ultimately, it pushed him back up to number two. And in fact, he was very, very close to being first overall. And then I watched a couple more older films, and he he slipped a little more. He slipped just a little more uh, to be a lot closer to our number three, Brad Pitt, than our number one, Tatsuya Nakadai. Uh, So William H. O'Brien has gone through a lot in his last couple of weeks. But uh, despite it all, he remains... He remained our number one the whole time. Uh, that was never that never changed, and uh, he has risen that one spot to take it. And at fifty films on his list, uh, to his credit, that is a very hefty um, barrier to entry to surpass him. It's going to take a lot to get there because the, I mean, the main problem with this is William H. O- you know, you can watch ten William H. O'Brien films, and eight or nine of them are going to have best flowers in them. You know, five or six of them are going to have Brandon Beach in them or, 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 you know, whoever else you want to look at. Harold Miller's going to be in half of, like, so many of the films that he watched for one of these guys is going to, in fact, affect, you know, half of them, half of the others. So it's very difficult to gain, um, to gain spots against other people who are already on the list. And yet, you know, you have the people like the Harold Millers and, and, and so on that did do that that were able to pull that off and it's not 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 easy so 
William H. O'Brien, if you look at his picture on Letterboxd, it is a uh, penguin suit, like a waiter. And it is very astute and accurate for him because I would say at least half of the roles he gets in movies are as waiters. And, you know, he's a butler, he's a waiter. That's pretty much what he does. Now, there was one short film I watched called Hollywood Scout, which is the third least popular film on his Letterboxd list. I am one of the 13 people that has logged it. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. You can find it fairly easily, or maybe not YouTube, but some streaming site. And it's from 1945. It's eight minutes long. And he gets a line of dialogue, in fact. Uh, The short film follows a day in the life of a Hollywood talent scout, a woman, who goes and looks at a couple of people who have animals who do, you know, acts and and have skills and, and perform tricks. And she spends most of the time watching this guy and his dog, and then you get another guy and his dog, and at one, she gets back to the office, and there's a guy with a bear, and at the very end of the short, she opens the door, there's a guy there with a monkey, the guy with the monkey is William H. O'Brien, he gets a line of dialogue, it's, it's a very nice thing for me to finally see him, uh, it, you know, it's like when I see Bess Flowers and can actually recognize her in a film, it makes... It makes it all feel a little bit more worthwhile. Like they really do deserve to be on there. Because like, oh, he is in this movie. I see him. He's got a line of dialogue in this movie. He's, you know, got the monkey on the leash. And I don't know. If that, that at least um, is a place where I know you can see him and and know who he is. If you wanted to check Hollywood Scout out. It's not a great short film. But um, as far as showing who William H. O'Brien is, it does that. Some of the films of his I haven't seen. Include The Walking Dead, Red-Headed Woman, The Woman in Green, Undercurrent, A Woman of Affairs, Spider-Woman, The Unsuspected, A Chump at Oxford, City for Conquest, Topper Returns, The Man in the Iron Mask, and Action in the North Atlantic. A lot of movies. He's got 160 film credits on Letterboxd, so I've seen about 30 of that. And if you look on IMDb, that number is even higher, going all the way up to 529 film credits, not including uh, six short films, which includes Hollywood Scout. He's been an extra from 1918 all the way up to 1971, so his career spanned about 53 years, and... uh, if we do a little math, that's 10 films a year. It's so many. It's so, so many. Uh, so I got lots to watch that he's in, and I will get to it as I can. So that is my number one, William H. O'Brien, born in the 1800s. Number two overall, and I will run down the top 10 one more time here. Uh, it's not as easy as doing the month born actors top uh, rundown, but I will do my best. Irving Bacon, number 10. Then we go to Frank Baker, Sam Harris, Colin Kenny, Buster Keaton, Humphrey Bogart, Brandon Beach, Bess Flowers, Harold Miller, and our number one, William H. O'Brien. That is going to be it for today's Top 10 Actors Born in the 1800s episode. Thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. 
If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, you can head over to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, or you can email circleoffilm at gmail.com about anything and everything. You can find more stuff, including the episodes of the show, at the website circleoffilm.com. You can support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, or listen. That is the biggest, most important thing is just listen. Uh, but if you are feeling so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can have early access to all episodes that are released early. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.